Welcome, everyone, to It Tastes Different Gaming Podcast, the podcast with three different flavors coming from three different gamers. I am your host, Nick Irwin, and I want to welcome my co-host, Patrick Smith and Shane Eisterhold. Hey, Patrick, where can they find us? Well, the first place you should check out is our website at ittastedifferent.com. This is the place where you can subscribe to all of our streams and connect to all of our social media sites. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at It Tastes Different. Uh, we're also on Instagram uh, at It Tastes Different PC. And then last but not least is Twitter, where you can find us at It Tastes Diff. Hey, what's for dessert, Shane? Well, today we're going to be talking about the other guys. I don't mean Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. I mean Nintendo. Google Stadia, and this Atari VCS. So let's start off with Atari, and what do we know about it? Nick, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, from what I know about the Atari VCS is it's coming out by Atari, and it's basically, <laughs> from my understanding, is it pretty much has some Atari games either already preloaded on it or um, there's some sort of Atari store and it has two variations where you can basically play those Atari games and then it also has a uh, Windows mode on it where you can basically play everything else like just regular standard Windows uh Games like basically having a, just a computer in your house, um, like most people probably already have. But it also plays old Atari games. Um, I don't know if they're remade Atari games. Maybe some of them are remastered and some of them are just classics. I assume that's probably the route they're going to go with it. Uh, right now, I know that they have two different versions of it. They have the 800 version, um, which is just the, the number, kind of like the old, you know, uh, Atari's, how they used to have, like, you know, the 3200 and all of that, you know, the number schemes next to their names. Uh, they have the 800 version, which is 389.99. Now, this console is not out yet. Or, yeah, it's not out yet. I think you can pre-order it right now, but it's not out. Eight, they also have an 800 version, which is 279.99, but it does not come with the controllers. But you can use any type of controller that connects to a PC, a USB. I think it has uh, like two to four USB ports on the on the console itself. So you can actually use, you know, anything that would plug into your PC, an Xbox, PlayStation controller, whatever. So it's about a hundred bucks difference between if you want the controllers or not, which come which with the eight hundred the three hundred and eighty nine ninety nine version, uh the two controllers that it comes with is a more uh today's standard type of uh, controller kind of looks like an Xbox controller, but a little bit different design. Uh, so it's your standard just joystick controller, handheld controller, and then they have an actual joystick like the old Atari joystick, uh, which is more modernized. And then they have the 400 version, which is 349.99. That's with that's also for some reason on the 400 version they don't seem to be selling that one with, or at least what I could find. They don't seem to be selling that one with the controllers. Yes, I no. believe that's basically just the emulator boxes from what I've read from what I've read up on it. So it doesn't have the uh the Windows portion? 
Not from right? what I not from what I've understood. They're they're different models basically, or think of uh, Dell PC models. Better, better, best. Right. But in this case, it's emulator, really crappy Walmart PC to a decent PC with you know built-in you know Atari games into it. It runs with Windows. You'll be able to use keyboard and mouse. Uh, you probably wouldn't be able to play things like you know Microsoft Flight Simulator or anything like that. But it was released. Uh, it was supposed to release this year, this last March. Obviously, a lot of things got pushed back due to COVID and other things there. Um, but a lot of people are saying this is just a big old scam on Atari's part. Um, I kind of don't believe it because I don't think a company like Atari would quite go that far. But, you know, you don't really hear a lot from Atari anymore. So well, I right. Yeah, I've heard conflicting information as well because I had read somewhere a while back that it was supposed to be a Windows 10 based OS. But then the last yes. thing that I saw on it is that it's actually an Ubuntu Linux OS. So, you know, no licensing and stuff like that that they got to run into. So um, it was a the Atari from what I've read in the recent articles is that it's a, an Atari OS based on the Debian uh, Linux. So I'm pretty sure it's like an Ubuntu type, Ubuntu type Linux system. So it's not really windows based at that point. It's, you know, Ubuntu tries to look like windows and that's what, you know, PC manufacturers tried a few years back to push on a bunch of consumers that didn't really go over too well. Uh, you know, you're trying to push uh, an operating system that wants to mimic windows uh, to users who are familiar with windows, but doesn't quite operate the same. Um, any PC savvy person can use it, but most end users are not that savvy. So, you know, while it is a computer to some extent, it's it's not going to be a beefed up computer. So, you know, it's I don't know. I find the price tag a little difficult to swallow for something that's just going to be playing an old emulation of games. Even if they put out something new, it's not going to be that big of a of a, a workhorse to play high end games. I mean, uh, I I keep seeing. Um, that they're running Radon or Ryzen uh, video card in them. So, you know, that'll probably be their biggest thing. They're just going to be using GPU power to push through the games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. So the, the Atari interface is the Linux based OS. And then they have an Atari PC mode where you can basically, you basically format a, a, a USB stick dongle to, to run, to boot windows or whatever you wanted to, whatever OS you wanted to boot. And you basically, if you shift the Atari VCS over into that mode, it'll just boot that OS off the disk. Ah, uh, so you, so that's really going to be horrible. I mean, right. so yeah, it's going to be <laughs> yeah. a horrible, horrible performance trying to run that stuff off of anything that's not directly lined in with the bus of the machine. Right. Yeah. So no, yeah, it's all just booting off of a you know like so, standalone storage. So yeah, to me, it just sounds like a glorified retro. Um, you know, it's. Atari pushing out something that they're trying to claim is more than like the mini consoles that are coming out that are preloaded with games yeah. like Sega and all these other consoles are doing. Obviously, this is a buffed up version of those, and so you can't really compare them. But I really don't think it's going to be worth $300 for an emulator. Um, I guess the licensing is where they probably think that it's worth the money. If you want to play all these Atari old school Atari games on an emulator that we basically have validated and verified – that's their only claim here, but I don't think it's a two or three hundred dollar uh, worth piece of equipment. 
Yeah, especially when you consider the fact that Atari has been putting out Atari collections since uh, PlayStation 1. Uh, you know, I mean, you can get an Atari collection game disc with 20, 30 games, and they've had four or five sets of those. So pretty much anything that's on there, I, I'd almost bet money you can find it on 360, PlayStation, you know, even Xbox One, PS4, hell, probably have the upcoming systems. Right. So their claim here is that they're going to, in my opinion, their claim is that their hardware, which, you know, is there because I think 389 is the thing that they're pushing for a lot of them. That's their um, VCS 800, which is what they're pushing real hard. And that's the one that comes with the joystick and the controllers, even if it Mm -hmm. doesn't come with that. And it's what, 300 or whatever. There's not enough hardware there to push that, in my opinion, especially because, uh, you know, most gamers are not. PC tech people, especially people that are console gamers. And, you know, the whole thing that, that Nick just explained, the PC mode, you have to create your own bootable media. And how many people out there know how to create a bootable thumb drive that's not, that's, you know, for the most part, PC people, uh, you know, tech people can do that. But not a lot of gamers that I run into are at that capable or that level to do something like that. They're going to know how to, how to load a, a portable version of Windows onto a thumb drive or something. And not to mention the licensing for that. That, that, you're not going to get Windows 10 portable for free. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that tech stuff, I'm a gamer. I play the games. I don't design them. I don't do any of that. I play the games. So I wouldn't know how to handle any of that stuff. That's where I call you guys. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, what they should have done with this is they should have just made uh, one of the minis like you guys were talking about. You know, mm-hmm. they should have just put out a mini. That had, you know, 50 or however many Atari classics on there and just sold that. That would have been perfect. Yeah, they could have done that a few times. Right. They don't need, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is I don't know who they're trying to sell this to. Like, who? I mean, we know Atari from the Atari back in the day. You know, Atari is really not the same company it used to be. And so, you know, I mean, who wants to spend almost $400 on a box that emulates a bunch of old Atari games, you know, <laughs> you can I, do I don't that. know. I mean, that's, you could that's do that. $400. Yeah, 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 exactly. You can do it on any PC. If you want to go download some ROMs and, and play Atari games and you could do so. I mean, you could still find Ataris out in the wild, go out to a flea market or something. I bet you'll find an Atari, a bunch of Atari games. If you're really that, you know, gung ho about playing Atari games. So, you don't need to spend four hundred dollars on a box that. I mean, what are you really going to get out of it? You're going to get, you know, the the PC mode and everything aren't isn't really going to be. You're not going to be sticking at you. I mean, because if you want something that you can run Windows on, you can buy a four hundred dollar laptop and run Windows. Yeah, and probably right. run better than what this VCS is going to do. Right. Well. And not to mention that you, if you don't know how to make, create bootable media, you're not going to be able to run this as mm-hmm. a computer mode. Um, so, you know, most people who buy it are going to buy it for the nostalgia factor, the people who were who who back in the day had an Atari. But in my opinion, you know, it's coming preloaded with like 100 of the uh, classics, home classics, which we don't know which of those are. So at least I haven't seen what they're saying are coming. Um, you know, I think it's supposed to come out in October sometime this year is what they were shooting for after it pushed to all the COVID stuff. Um, but what games are it coming with? And, you know, in my opinion, uh, Atari was part of my childhood and I played the crap out of it, but I, I don't have 
$389 or even $300 worth of nostalgia in me to go play these 8-bit games or, or low 8- or 16-bit games, you know. <laughs> so no, I don't absolutely. know if I have that in me. No, absolutely. Now, as far as, uh, just like you said, the VCS is going to be for those who are just nostalgic, who want to try to relive those childhood moments, and I'll get it, but I'll wait till it hits, you know, a hundred bucks, and then I would get it. But far as uh, far as three ninety nine or up, there's not a chance on this earth I would pay that kind of money. Yep, yeah, if it came preloaded with a hundred Atari games and was about a hundred bucks at the most, then yep. I would think about like hey that'd be kind of cool to have a little box to play of these old atari games especially have the old joystick right that would be cool <laughs> yep the old, those games. and honestly in all honesty i would want the you know i would want the controller and two joysticks because you know we all got to play some pong you know oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> you gotta have a friend over get the paddle <laughs> and the, the rotate you know the little the little knob so we can play some of those old games all right gentlemen next up google stadia the streaming service, streaming box, Google game machine, however you want to call it. I haven't heard squat, and I couldn't tell you how long about that, except for, you know, they're finally starting to get a few games. It's still running like chunky butter. It's not smooth. They're still having issues. But, you know, what do you, th- what do you think about streaming consoles, you know, entirely, let alone just the Google Stadia, Pat? Well, I'm going to admit that I am probably the one uh, the hater in this group on that. I think streaming games are a waste of money and time. Um, the infrastructure is just not there. Um, you know, everybody still has an ISP that caps your bandwidth. And so what you're going to do is you're going to say, okay, instead of me downloading a game and having just an, a constant connection, uploading stats to the server – uh, for like EA and all these places that make you as part of their DRM or tracking of, you know, uh, stats or achievements, you're going to have a game that is constantly scraping screen and sending the information and data to you from your ISP and there's back and forth. So, you know, I have gigabit internet, but I constantly even now run about, you know, depending on the month and depending on the amount of new games, I'll eat up 40 to 60% of my bandwidth, um, that I'm allotted every, every month. And I think I get, <laughs> It's 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 huge. I can't remember. I can't remember the number they give me, but every month I usually run about 60 percent. So I cannot imagine if I play a game that is streaming constantly back and forth between me and the providers such as Stadia and all these other guys that are out there. So I just don't think the infrastructure is there to warrant this yet because ISPs are too greedy. The input latency issue is a huge problem for me, especially could you imagine trying to play a Dark Souls S game or, you know, uh, the Hellpoint game and having input latency issues because you have the time from when the screen, the scraped image comes to you versus when the image, when your input goes back up to the servers. I mean, that is, that is not fun, you know, to play a game like that that has Twitch movements. Um, Oh no. Yeah, esports. I could, could you imagine seeing an esports on that? I guarantee you, any esport player out there would just tell you where to take that. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, so yeah, streaming is not you. there yet. Yeah, one thing you said that that really kills the streaming streaming of game service is the infrastructure. America is not designed, far as a greed aspect to handle and do those types of things because everybody's got data caps, everybody's, you know, bandwidth limited. And, you know, they're not going to open these things up 
cheaply, especially. You know, they're going to milk you out for everything that they can before they ever pump it up and pump it up, pump it up. That's just, their world countries have better internet infrastructures than we do. So it's, it doesn't, doesn't work for me either. I like the ideal of, you know, being able to just boom over here to this TV or boom to my phone, play a game, but not at the cost of, you know, like you said, you play Dark Souls or, Trying to play online, Jesus Christ, you'd be out running your, sh- you'd be out running the bullet you're shooting in half the time. You know, too much latency issues. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, I, you know, I agree. I, I've, I've tried Stadia. Um, it works all right. You know, I, one thing I don't like about Stadia, and, and I, I don't, I think right now you can get Stadia Pro for a little while for free or something like that, or they did some sort of thing like that, but. You know, pro the pro version is pretty much what you need, which is a subscription based. And then all the games, you do get some free games through the pro version, but um, all the rest of the games, if you want them, are all a la carte. You basically purchase them full price, and then you can stream them to your device. I guess that's a good, or there's good and bad to that. You know, I mean, um, unlike you have uh, XCloud and you have Nvidia. Um, Shield, which both are similar types of service. You know, xCloud is pretty much just whatever Microsoft um, is allowing you to stream for that period of time, right? Usually the games are in Game Pass, which is a lot of games, so it's not like you don't get a huge uh, Mm -hmm. collection to play. It's just, you know, you can't just say, oh, I want to... I mean, you can do console streaming, yes, but not like... uh, uh, X Cloud, which is streaming over the network. Uh, yeah, and I've, yeah, and I've used the X Cloud uh, at work to try it out. And you know, I played Final Fantasy VIII. Yep, that's my go-to game, and uh, it worked fairly well. Few hiccups, but you know, like I said, that you know, just we're not there yet. The infrastructure's not there. We got to get got to get that fixed before you could ever consider streaming as a serious contender for consoles. Right. And, and Stadia still charges you mostly a la carte for games. So if there's a specific game you want to play, you still have to pay full price for streaming that game. You you own the game, but you own the rights to stream it. You actually can't, from what I understand, you can't download it into a platform and play it, which to me is just is just dumb, especially with all these, you know, obviously Google's probably not going to go anywhere. Um, but Stadia is not a fleshed out company, a, a business unit of theirs. So it could go under. And where's your where's your game at that point? You know, I mean, you know, the same thing could happen to Microsoft and Sony, but I don't see their game platforms dying. But I, you know, I think Google's a large company, but Stadia is just a business arm of theirs, and they could say mm-hmm. it's we're we're hemorrhaging. I'm shutting it down. And if you bought six hundred dollars worth of game library, guess where your game library goes down the toilet? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, exactly. Yeah, it, it, and like you guys said, you know, I I just don't think the you know, our infrastructure is just not there yet for for that type of thing. You know, I have tried some of these streaming ones, but I run into the same problem or, or the same thought that you do, Patrick, where I'm like, I don't want to keep streaming because I don't want to use all my data. Up. You know, I mean, we you, you know, I have the same Internet you do, and we do have a large data cap, but I almost, you know, I hit a pretty good chunk of it every month as well. So, you know, streaming would just push me over that limit more than likely and yeah it's just not worth it in that case nope yeah definitely not yeah so like i said yeah 
it's it's all going to be it's all going to be relative but yeah so i the infrastructure's not there the the input latency is not there and, and i've read all kinds of things about people doing ai uh ai prediction for that but i'm sorry that doesn't take place of you know me being an idiot playing a game like that when i should be dodging left and i want to dodge right and the ai thinks that i'm going to dodge left when I don't, so what does that do to my gameplay? You know, just the AI that they're trying to build into that to anticipate your moves um, to get rid of, because that's the only way you're going to get rid of input latency. I mean, unless we just have fiber from endpoint to endpoint, so fiber from my house to the data center, uh, you know, like a dark fiber right. channel or something, it's not going to be there where we lose, where we lose that input latency. I just, I just, I see this as a gimmick in my opinion, just like a lot of other gaming things. This is a gimmick that I just don't think will take off. Um, Unless they're going to offer like a subscription for all type thing where you you subscribe to this and you get every game that is under the sun. So, you know, Microsoft says, hey, you get you get access to every game that's by our developing studio, Adarga Studios or or any of our other uh, conglomerates or their studios. So you would get access to all this for 15 bucks a month and you can stream all you want. But then I'm going to run into my data caps, you know, and and yeah, while we were sitting here, I just I have I have basically uh, 6,000 gigabytes per month is my data cap, you know, and I hit 60% of that normally without streaming games. <laughs> I cannot imagine what it would be like if I streamed, uh, if I streamed games. No, absolutely. Especially with so many people working from home now, you just, you, you can't risk going over your data cap and not being able to work just because you were playing, you know, destiny. It just would not be worth it. All right. Now for the big hitter that is pretty dang quiet. Nintendo Switch. What do you think about the Nintendo and where they're at right now, Nick? Um, I think right now they're in a, you know, I mean, they're in a good spot. There's a lot of people that still play the Switch and still enjoy the Switch and still want tons of games to come out to the Switch. Um, they have a lot of games that have been coming out. A lot of the games they've announced, um, a lot of their first party, uh, titles have been really good. Um, they do have a lot of third party that are bringing their older games to it, like, um, you know, games that have been out on PlayStation and Xbox for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nintendo is bringing out uh, Pikmin 3 again. Uh, I think it comes out in October. And that's cool. But, again, it's like, you know... Support. They, well, they're, they're selling it for $60. The only thing I hate about Nintendo with bringing back some of their older titles, uh, like especially ones that were on the, the Wii U, and that's cool. But... You're selling them for full price again, and it's not like they're, you know, in most of them, it's not like they really added much or, or if anything at all, and they're selling them for the same, you know, price brand new when it's actually a 10 or 5 year old game or whatever. So, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, and then, but there is rumor that they are bringing Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword to the Switch, and that's just a rumor, but that would be cool. But again, it's probably going to be $60, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you. They've got to, I mean, if they're going to be bringing them over, they need to make them beautiful and shine and next gen and add a bunch of stuff. Cause 60 bucks for a game you paid 60 bucks for 10 years ago. The same game is not worth it. Not worth it at all. What do you think, Pat? Come on. Didn't everybody buy Skyrim when it came out on the Switch, right? 
Nope, I did not. <laughs> I played Knicks. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, I that game was released nine nine years ago, nine eight or nine years ago, and 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 Nintendo released it. You know, obviously it was a game they wanted to put out, but I'm not going to buy a game that I've already bought on another system and just to play it on the Switch. And that's I feel that's where Nintendo is at right now. They're they're not releasing a whole bunch of first party stuff that I just got to play. Um, they're rehashing old, their old library and, and, and me, I'm not, I'm not a person who's going to go back and play a lot of old games. I know Nick's big, big retro gaming. He likes to play some of the old stuff, but me, I've already played that. I'm moving on to try something new to get a new experience. I'm, I'm a, I'm a what's new big guy. I'm a what's new, uh, now type guy. Uh, I'm also big into, I'm a graphics snob, so I like things that look pretty. Um, I don't find myself, even if they remaster a game, going back and playing it again, um, you know, unless it's just a complete rewrite, like like uh, the Final Fantasy that just came out in the seven, you know, that to me, that was a complete rework. I saw some screenshots and screenplay of the old game and I'm like, oh, my God, this is night and day. This is like a new game. You yeah. know, that's what I would consider, uh, re, you know, a game that I would replay, something like that. But if they're just taking games and polishing them and, and re Regening them for the next version of console, I'm not all about that. Rewriting a game and remaking it completely from scratch, cool, I'm on board with that. Um, but I feel Nintendo's just stuck in a spot where it happens to them all the time. They'll do a a, ma- um, a massive splattering of new first-party games, and then they're quiet for a long time, and we all almost forget about them. And then, then, then it's like, hey, guys, look, we got a new this. You know, it's a new Mario, new anything, you know. Um, that we've, you know, that we've pushed out. So they, they're, they're pretty bad about going quiet and dormant for a while and just releasing a bunch of, a uh, rehash. But I'm not paying $60 for something that I paid $60 for or even 50 or 40, 5, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. That's a big problem Nintendo has. Um, you know, it's not like they're bringing back and, and polishing up true classics i mean pikmin 3 was a fun game i have it on my wii u but it's not old enough to warrant a 60 dollar port it's not been changed upgraded polished you know or anything enough to make it a 60 dollar port and that's what they've been doing it's not like you said it's final fantasy 7 night and day it's a new game granted game makes me mad because it's filler fantasy seven but you're exactly right there that game was was worth these 60 dollars because it wasn't a crappy hd polished turd that they brought back out for 60 bucks same goes for resident evils 2 and 3 remakes fantastic jobs new games essentially with uh you know the breath of the original so Nintendo needs to, if they're going to do it, they need to do what was done with those types of games. Rumor is they're going to be doing those supposedly with a uh, a Mario uh, All-Stars type of uh, rehash with uh, some of the more recent older Mario games, Galaxy and Galaxy 2, Sunshine. Now, if they would do those types of things like they did with Resident Evil and Final Fantasy Oh man, I I'll be all over my Switch again. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Nintendo, if you're listening, you need to remake. You need to remake Metroid as an action RPG game, the original one. That's what you need to do. If you're gonna remake anything, remake that. I will see that. I will definitely see that one. N- never happened though. I mean, all right, all of you. Which game out of everything in Nintendo's 
wheelhouse would you want to see remade, buffed up, polished, you know, make it a now game? What what one game do you think would be top on your list? Is this a Nintendo made game? So not like a third party, but just No, something. it could be th- it could be third party as long as it was on Nintendo and okay. Nintendo only. For me it'd be Eternal Darkness. Ooh. That would be cool to see a, a newer. I don't know how if they would be able to do some of the stuff they did back then on there, but you know, because mm. they would kind of like Metal Gear, where you know you could they, they switch the controllers and stuff. You know, they did that. They turn yeah. your volume down and turn your really messed off. with you. <laughs> yeah, and then in Internal Darkness. So, but that would be really cool to see. I really like that game to see a, a remake of that. Would be awesome. Yeah, that would be cool. What do you? What about you, Pat? That one game would it still be Metroid? It's really a toss-up for me. I mean, um, it, it to me, it's going to probably be Metroid because I would I would think uh, the Super Metroid or or even a Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. One of those two, I would love to see an action RPG remake of it that's just current modern and and using modern system. But I, I'm thinking Super Metroid. Yeah, that would be nice with some really sweet, you know, next-gen graphics, you know, something something that just made that game seem completely new. That would be cool. And that would be a great choice, too, you know, for, for Nintendo to do. I mean, I'm really surprised they haven't gotten into this, into this whole, you know, rehash that everybody else seems to be getting into. For me personally, <laughs> Mario Sunshine is probably my top Mario game. Out of all of them, I think I probably put the most time into that one. And I love every Mario game, except for Super Mario Bros. 2. That one was good, but not great. But I would definitely like to see uh, a Mario Sunshine with the water gun and the jetpack and, you know, on all the islands. I think that would just be fantastic. Yeah, that would look really pretty um, having Mario Sunshine because it was already, uh, you know, all the tropical islands and, and stuff. That yep. And that's a good game. Yep, I'd say all the the Mario's since the Nintendo 64 version, they really just like they were always kind of really well made and really well put together, and they were mm-hmm. already kind of that what I would call adventure style games. Um, so it's not back to like the original platformer Mario from back in the day. But yep, yep, definitely. No, I, I definitely want to see Nintendo start doing some something that's not Nintendo. You know, something that Nintendo always does the exact same thing. Like I said, they they do this and they stop for a while. You don't hear squat. Then, boom, here's a few games. Let us have some information. Give us an idea of what's going on so I know when to dust off my Switch. That's that's really what I want from Nintendo. Yep. I mean, Nintendo, to me, kind of made the Switch from, like, gamer games. You know, I don't know how to put this, but they went from basically being a game console for gamers to a party slash family gaming console. Um, you know, with the, with the whole, um, with the Wiimotes and the, and all that stuff, you know, um, and they kind of tried to get away from that, um, which is what I think keeps them afloat a little bit. I think that they need to go back to something like that. I mean, I like the old Nintendo games where you've got, you know, a gun and pointing at the TV and stuff, you know, obviously you can't do that with current TVs because they don't reflect the light, but that's what the motion bars and all that stuff were for. But I think, I think Nintendo is kind of, they're lost. I, I feel like they're lost. They don't know where to go. Um, they, they can't compete with 
the hardcore gamers uh, for PlayStation and Xbox and PC, um, and they they basically went away from their family style gaming. I mean, they kind of did something with the with the Joy Cons, but it's not the same as as mm-hmm. as the Wii U and all that stuff. Where you know you did you know we used to break out the Wii U to play drunken boxing at Christmas parties or bowling or just something stupid with friends. You know that's what that console was brought out for. I didn't buy it to play Skyrim and all that stuff on. So I, I honestly feel that Nintendo is in a rut and they're kind of lost. They need to figure out a way where they're going to go. Are they going to push to try to fight against the big boys? Are they going to stay mobile console? Are they going to stay mobile gaming? You know, the portable gaming, not mobile, but portable gaming. Or are they going to go back to the family atmosphere of the Mario parties and the Mario tennis and all that kind of stuff? They just need to make another GameCube, and that's just leave it at that. <laughs> I. I really wouldn't disagree with that. I, I think that was the last great console that pretty much covered the gamut of what you want, Pat. You know, the the family, the the party, the you know, the actual games. And you know, ever since they left that, it's like they've been just kind of making it up as they they're going along, trying to figure out where are we going to be at. We're not going to spend the money or the infrastructure to try to keep up with these guys. You know, Sony and Microsoft, because they're just, you know, they're doing they're doing something that Nintendo's not comfortable with. Nintendo's not used to, really. You know, right, I mean, Nintendo's never been the powerhouse. Nintendo's been the house of games, and that's where they're hurting now. They're, they're failing on the one thing that used to be nobody competed on first party, like Nintendo did. Right. You know, and, and GameCube had Metroid Prime, which I, I love that game. It was a good game. Uh, mm-hmm. I played a, quite a bit of it. But, yeah, I mean, really, if you think about it, Nintendo's been uh, – Nintendo devised themselves as first-party console. They had the best first-party games and, and stuff like that. But I think I think they're honestly losing that to Sony. Uh, so, they're in their, my opinion, they're lost. I mean, I bought a Switch, and I don't play the Switch as often anymore. I bought it. I played Zelda, I played Mario, and that's it. Uh, my kid and my girlfriend play it more than I do, uh, you know, so they play it a lot more than I do, um, just because there's not a whole lot that interests me on there. Yeah, and Nintendo's got to get back in the, in the game-making business. That's that's where they're really failing. And I remember Nintendo used to have a quality control that kept out a bunch of garbage, and now Nintendo pretty much... Hey, throw it on here, please. We want everything. They've been doing that since the Wii. And when the Wii came out, Jesus, you couldn't find a good game through all the garbage. Yep, shovelware. Just give yep. us everything we can get so we can have a huge gaming library of shovelware. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, the Wii had a ton of that. No, like I said, my kids, my kid and my girlfriend play quite a bit. You know, the girlfriend, I can't remember what Nick, what game is they playing right now? They're real popular. The little Animal Crossing. Animal, Animal Crossing, Crossing. Yeah, the girlfriend plays the crap out of that one, and she's got friends and yeah. islands and stuff. But that stuff, I'm, you know, it, it, it's a family console, and, and that's where they should either either they need to figure out a way to survive in the uh, with the other two big big console makers, Microsoft and Sony, or they need to get back to carving their niche like they used to be. Um, yep. You know, they need to start putting out a lot of those fan favorite games. I mean, you know, uh, Zelda, they need to either, you know, I will say the last Zelda game was quite a bit repetitive, um, but I played it, you know. Um, I don't think a game, a Zelda game for me has captivated my attention since like um, uh, Majora's Mask for me. That's gotten me that that sucked in. I would um, agree. 
But, you know, they make great great games. I mean, I played a lot of Mario, played a lot of Zelda, and I will continue to play those type of games, but they need to come out with some more first-party stuff that's, that's to me, says Nintendo, like you said, Shane. Where is the Nintendo in the Nintendo games? Yep, absolutely. And they do them, just not like they used to, not near as often. But, you know, here's hoping that, you know, right now everybody's so concerned and concentrated on Microsoft. What are they going to do? When are they going to announce? When are they going to release? Same thing with Sony. I, I really would like to see Nintendo pop up like two weeks, you know, after, you know, Nintendo or Microsoft and Sony announce their release dates and their prices and Nintendo come out and say, guess what? We've got. Boom, we got Mario this. Boom, we got Zelda that. We got this and this and this. Everything that you guys love is going to be trickling out one a month. <laughs> you know, I want then Nintendo to be into that conversation again. It used to be the big three. Now it's big two and the big N by themselves. They're off there doing their thing. I want to see Nintendo try to compete a little bit more. I think when they stopped competing, they stopped you know, they stopped innovating and really trying to make great games. Right. I wonder what the, I wonder how much they really make off of these um, these games that are getting released on their system like now that have been released on other consoles or other systems for a year plus. You know, I, I can't imagine that they're getting that much they're getting that much requests or people yeah. going after those games that have been released in other places for over a year. I, I cannot imagine there's people out there with just a, a Nintendo Switch. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. And you know, hopefully I am to keep them to keep them afloat. I want Nintendo to stay around, but hopefully I'm wrong. But I just can't see them them having that much of a draw for people to play these games that have been out for years in other places. I just I just don't. I'd like to see what the market value of that is if they're really making anything on this. Yeah, I agree because it does seem odd that you know Bethesda basically if it Bethesda made it, it's on the Switch anymore. Are they really buying that many? Are people really buying Skyrim on Switch? It just doesn't seem to... I mean, for me, played on the TV, it's one thing, but that's not a handheld game, in my opinion. I just can't see why people would buy it. really don't. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't use my Switch in its portable use. I really, honestly, my Switch stays plugged into the TV 90% of the time. I play it on the handheld when... uh, uh, when I'm playing the classics, you know, slapping on some Donkey Kong, Double Dragon through, you know, their their uh, service. I love playing those and I'll play those on that handheld because they're not a they're not a game you require a graphic course on. You just need a screen. Uh but you know, you throw in Mario or even your Animal Crossing, there's no way on this planet I could play it on that handheld. Not that it doesn't look good, it's just tiny. You know, that's why I've got a 55-inch and not a, you know, 7-inch. Right. I think I'm, I'm spoiled with my big TV, and I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to play something on a little 7-inch screen. I want to play it on my my big old TV and and see it. And you know, and plus I just it, it's it's awkward. I mean, it is big. It is a big size screen, but then the Joy Cons just feel. I don't know. It feels it feels sturdy, but the Joy Cons themselves just feel weird. I feel like my hands at an odd angle playing it on that rectangular size. So, like I said, I play it. Uh, I play it docked most of the time with a um, with a Joy-Con um, controller that you just you just mount the Joy-Cons in. Yeah. So oh, and, you know. and that is one other thing we need to address with Nintendo: fix the damn Joy-Cons. 
they should not drift a week after you buy them. But that's just my opinion. I hate the Joy-Cons. That's why I got a third party. <laughs> Nick likes the Joy-Con because then he can blame it on when he loses. That's true. That's true. Uh, the drift caused me to, you know, kill Zelda. I don't like the red Joy-Con. It's got too much drift in it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the blue one's too bright. It, it, it hurts my Just eyes. the red one. Just the red one. Just the red one. But yeah, Nintendo, I, I, I want them to stay around because they're nostalgia in childhood and they do put out great yeah. first party games. Um, they're just too far in between titles for them. They need to yeah. up their game, you know, put out more first party titles more frequently and stop with the shovelware and just, just opening up their library to everybody who's had a game in the last 10 years that's been on Xbox or, or, mm-hmm. or PlayStation or PC. Just come out with your stuff and if people want to put on your console, that's fine. If Skyrim wants to come to your console and and you want to let them, that's fine. But we want more Nintendo games. That's right. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. All right. Gentlemen, do you have anything else about any of the big three or the big two or the big N or these uh, Ataris and Googles? Is there any other system I could think of that we're missing? Yeah, I did want to talk about a couple different systems. The first one is the Amico television. So the, they're making a new television that's supposed to be coming out at some point in time. I'm not sure when. And they've talked about it for quite a while. About as, I want to say it's about as long as the Atari VCS has been talked about. So the thing is weird about this one is it's too, it's it's the television. It's 250 bucks as, as far as what they're thinking it's going to be um, according to what their pricing is right now. It'll come with six premium preloaded games, and you can get additional games ranging from $299 to $999. Now, they don't say what the six premium games are. All now, here's the weird thing about this: is every game is that they're going to have on the Intellivision Amico is rated E to E10 plus. So there's no teen, no mature rated games, nothing like that. There's no ads, downloadable content, loot boxes, or in-game purchases. And they're going to have an extensive game library ranging from sports titles, educational, brain games, party games, retro classics. So it almost seems like kind of an educational system, uh, which seems really odd being the Intellivision. Like, you know, it's supposed to be one for an educational system with Intellivision games and some other games for kids. It's like... What kids know what an Intellivision is, right? So, <laughs> the, uh, they're like, oh, the Intellivision, of course. Um, they have these cool, kind of cool-looking controllers that look like little. Uh, I don't they know, look they like, like the iPod Touch. They do. They look like the old iPod Touches, and the, <laughs> you know, it comes with a wireless charger uh, kit for the for the controllers. And then it has a dial on it like the old uh, television had on there, on the controller itself. The, the controllers, the, the screen on there is a touch screen. It's got motion controls. And you can have up to eight players on a single controller, which is odd or weird. Just, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, <laughs> they do have a real uh, kind of a, uh, a launch or like games coming out type of thing on – online that you can watch and i watched it and, and most of the games on there look like and they really look like phone games like you could just have them on the phone and they would be the same thing 
Yeah, um, we're not talking, uh, you know, current phone. We're talking Nokia flip phones. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I mean, like a lot of the games that they showed <laughs> off were like, uh, you know, that one of the games, what it looked like is, that, you know, that game where you're like a fish and then you eat, as you eat the fish, you get bigger and, and then you can eat bigger fish. And it's like a phone game. I think that did come out. Uh, it's called a, what was it? Free feeding frenzy. I think they did come out on consoles and stuff, but it was a cheap game, right? And, and with a price tag of three dollars to ten dollars, that's clearly what they're going for. But so it's like if you're going to have that price range, you're going with a lot of cheap games. Um, so you know, with a cheap price, you're going to get cheap games. Supposedly, a new Earthworm Jim is going to be coming out for the Intellivision. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have looked into this or looked at this and uh, you know, what your thoughts are on this uh, Intellivision Amico. Yeah, I've heard I've heard the name brought up. I've heard kind of what it was. I've never really delved in it until now. And I really don't understand who this is aimed at. I mean, because you can connect your Android phones to it or iOS, um, so you can do that eight player you were talking about. Yeah, I honestly I don't get what this game is except for a two hundred and thirty dollar console, fifty dollar console to play probably Android games. Right, it's like the Ouya all over again or something. Oh yeah, um, forgot about Ouya. yeah. <laughs> oh no. Ooh, yeah. yeah. It does look it does look like these are designed um to be played on a, on a cell phone or, or or some type of mobile device because the the way the the screens of the stills that I have seen for the games, they do look like a lot of the upgraded versions of like asteroids and stuff like that. They got a cool background and then the earthworm gem, you know, that it, it still looks like the old um it looks like the old one, and then they just ported it over to yeah the old one, and it just looks like they ported it into a phone. But the controllers look like you hold them sideways, and so like that 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 rotational thing that looks like it's from the iPod, the old iPod, <laughs> is the is the actual up and down, left and right. You know the what you would see on a mobile phone, and like the left or right hand corner is where your thumb would go. That's what that kind of looks like. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not sure how they're going to do eight players with two controllers, but unless it's unless like you said they're going to have to connect an Android device or a, or an iOS device to it to be the extra controllers, um, you know, which I guess this would be more geared towards kids at that point. And it's the only thing I can think of is that it's like it's what they're trying to gear. They're basically trying to steal the children um, the the children's games away from like Nintendo and stuff like that because you know I my my Switch I got for myself, but, you know, my kid plays on it mostly because there's a lot of kids' games or kid-friendly games in there that I just feel confident leaving her to play those without me worrying about what content she has access to. So that's what this seems like. Maybe it's something designed for your younger kids um, to just kind of get them some games that um, – because is it even I, – I didn't read – I haven't read much on it or seen much on it because I thought it pretty much had died off, but looks like they're shooting for a release of next year, but – is this console going to have access to online, an online library, I guess? I would assume so, since there is a store where you can buy games. Uh, I would say since they're going with a more family-friendly atmosphere, it's going to be more of a closed-off you know, environment than some sort of uh, branching online uh, setup. Yeah, most likely won't be anything like... 
Google Play or uh, the uh, Apple Store. It'll be more streamlined just for, you know, little Timmy or little little Barbara to play their games. Little little Barbara. <laughs> little Barbara. Yep, she can play her in television Amico. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, little but, Timmy know. can complain he didn't get, you know, a Nintendo. Right? Uh, yeah. I just wonder where they're going to, um, where they, where they think their market is. Um, the price point, uh, I, I don't know what to think of the price point for this. I don't see what they're offering. You know, I mean, it's, it seems like, uh, one of the old, it, it's, it's specs look to me more like the old Amiga or the, um, uh, cherry PC specs, you know, the mini PCs back in the day of the cafe style. It's specs look just a lot like that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It, and it's again with the with this and the Atari VCS, exactly what you said, Patrick. What, what market are we are we trying to to get here? I can see this being. It's weird that Atari, the Atari VCS and the Intellivision seem to be aiming towards kids when you know kids didn't grow up with those devices. You would think you'd be more trying to head to those that are nostalgic for these consoles. And so, but you are kind of seem to be offering this to children or as a, as an alternative, which seems kind of odd. And it's like, is there a market for that? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Cause like my, you know, my daughter gets my hand me down consoles. I mean, she's got an <laughs> Xbox one because that's what I started with. And then I bought a, you know, I bought a, a one X. So she's got my Xbox one and she plays that. She plays a lot of Roblox and, and, and stuff like that on there and, you know, and she's got a PlayStation in there and, and the Switch, you know, she gets all the stuff that, you know, I've played and I don't play on anymore or I've upgraded consoles. So, you know, and, and so I, I don't know where this is coming from because, you know, I could lock my child down, especially on Xbox, to what she's allowed to do and what, what game she's allowed to see, even on the Game Pass stuff. I could say you're only allowed to see these games rated to this title. So I don't know where this this console is coming from because, you know, I think – I think if I gave my kid this console, she would look at the games and be like, no, I'm good. I would say just, you know, lightly reading here and looking at it, I would say it's probably geared more towards the uh, cell phone kid. You know, the kid that plays on those, you know, touchscreen games because it's a touchscreen system with a dial tone, uh, with a dialer on it. It's got a few buttons, but I would say most likely it's set up for that kid. You know, now that little Barbara's, you know, homeschooling, you know, she needs to play something to keep out of mama's hair. You know, and those are, you know, easy to pick up. She's not on mom's phone all the time. Well, but then, you know, those kind of kids already have their own phone. <laughs> so That's true. That's true. Little Barbara is spoiled. Right. She's you know, she may, have got, she may have gotten her mom's hand-me-down phone that doesn't have cell service, but she uses it to play mobile games on the Wi-Fi or something. That's right. That's why my kids are still using that Nokia Flip. Right? That's why my kids got a hand-me-down <laughs> phone that acts like a mobile portable device that only works on the Wi-Fi. Darn tootin'. All right, Nick, what is this next console you wanted to talk about? Uh, the last one I wanted to talk about here is the Polymega. I don't know if you guys have ever heard or heard about the Polymega. Um, that one is getting close to coming out. Uh, that one is uh, $400, so it's $399.99. Um, with that, you get the Polymega as well as the controller, and then you can buy $80 modules or $79.99 modules. So what the main device comes with is uh, for $400 is it'll play all CD-based 
supposedly all CD-based games. So it's got a CD-ROM drive in it. You can basically stick in uh, all CD-based games like PlayStation, TurboGrafx CD, Sega CD, Neo Geo CD, Sega Saturn, uh, and it'll enter this device and it'll play them. And then they're going to have – and then basically – and that's what you get with the base console. You can then buy add-on modules, which you put your – the console on top of or into or next to or whatever, I don't know. And um, it's it's all modular, which will add in other stuff. Like uh, you could buy – those are all a la carte. So, for example, you could buy one that for the – it's just for the Super Nintendo or maybe one that's for the Nintendo or one that's Sega Genesis 1 or, you know, all the cart-specific uh, mm-hmm. games. What's really cool about this, too – is they actually had they actually made a light gun that works on an HD TV. No way. For I, for the uh, Pari Mega. I don't know. Work? I don't know how it works. It says it says it's compatible with the HD TV. So it says uh uh, uh while the TV display technology da, 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 for years now we've gone through a truly great solution for playing classic light gun games using HD in English say it's uh, blue, 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 blue. It says it works, so I don't know how exactly it works on an HD TV. Instructions are wrap your TV in saran wrap. That's the only <laughs> way. <laughs> yep, and then put tinfoil hat on. So it says you. So yeah, you plug the the gun in USB to the to the base unit, and then you can start shooting. It requires no. Other devices, sensors, or any other type of setup. Uh, I, I don't know. That just um, that I seems mean, fishy as heck. I, they I show think. it here, so it looks. I mean, that sounds pretty cool. If it does work, it would be awesome to have a. That a, would be awesome to be able to play light gun games again on there. But the Poly Mega sounds like a pretty cool device. I um, mean, it's all emulation, so you know it's not actually using actual hardware or anything, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks nice. They have a nice website and they have a nice look to everything. Uh, it's supposed to play pretty much everything known to man. It's a little pricey being $400, but I mean, if you want a retro console that can pretty much play everything, I mean, that's just for the base system. That's, that's all CD based games. So if you want to add on the modulars that allow you to play Super Nintendo and Nintendo and Genesis and stuff like that, those are 80 bucks a pop, right? Uh, depending on what you want to play. A, a nice cool thing about it too is you can, um, you're supposed to have a thing in there where uh, part of their interface where you can basically keep track of all the all the uh, um, retro games that you have. So you can basically pick them out of this list, and it's like a uh, digital collection. So you can go through there and see what titles you own by like selecting these things within the within the console, and it'll say, "Oh yeah, you own all these or whatever." Uh, make playlists. You can rate your games. So, so I mean, to be honest, I've never heard of this until you just now said it, and I had to go look it up. It kind of reminds me of back in the day when Sega did their modular thing. You remember the yep. old commercial, the old uh, magazine ad that used to have the, the the Sega 16-bit stuck into the Sega CD and then the, the 32X mm-hmm. sitting on top of it and the kid going, Mommy, what are those consoles doing? You know, or what are, the, <laughs> what are they doing? And it's like, I'll tell you when you're older, son. But it kind of reminds me of that. Um, the $400, Absolutely. the $400 is pricey, but I mean, 
looking at this, I, that's an answer to retro gaming. I don't have to spend a hundred dollars to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, perfect example is the Sega CD. When we were looking, when I've been looking at, at, cause I want to get a Sega CD. When I look at these places, a lot of them don't have the Sega CD. They have the, um, what do they, what do they have? The, the Saturn. 30, well, no, they have the 32, the, the mega oh, 32 X, 32 uh, X. Yeah, which is they want like two hundred dollars for that thing plus sometimes, and I'm just like, no, I just can't afford that just for a retro console. So four hundred dollars, I mean, that's halfway to this thing. And if I this console, and if I bought a Nintendo, um, if I bought the cart system, you know, obviously, but you know, this thing plays uh, Sega CD. I'm assuming Sega Saturn, you know, yeah, uh, Sega Dreamcast. Now, I mean, is I'm it, wondering, does Dreamcast on there? Because I don't see Dreamcast uh, as a listing on there. I see like Saturn and uh, Mega CD and Sega CD and 32X and Neo Geo and all that stuff, but I don't see like the I don't see that that on here. So I'm kind of wondering if it did do that. It's honestly probably worth $400 in my eyes, especially because I can plug it into my HD TV and not have to worry about buying another $200 uh, converter, analog converter for it. I don't think yeah. it does. I, I'm not 100 sure they don't show it, but I don't think it does Dreamcast, and I, I think it doesn't do Dreamcast because Dreamcast is not well, may or may not be. I don't think they look at it as being retro enough, right? I mean, plus you can buy a Dreamcast for like 50 bucks. That is right? true, but you still have to buy a, a special uh, an adapter to get it to run well on your HD TV. Well, it'll run fine. It just like it'll be hard well, to read. Well, look, yeah, sorry to look. <laughs> right, like, it's all stretched out. Right, exactly. But I mean, you know, you get you get basically it'll play a Sega, it'll play the 32x Sega, it'll play the Saturn, it'll play the PAL versions, you know, and and then the the Japanese version. So it plays like every. It seems like it plays not every region based game. So you don't have to worry about region locking due to the the console and stuff. So mm. you know, I, I, I you know if. I had $400 to spare. I would probably buy one of these because there's so many Sega CDs and Sega Saturn games that I want to play again. And they even got oh, PlayStation on here. Uh, what's funny is they have PlayStation on here, but they don't have, like, you know, Xbox, the original, or, or anything like that. So I kind of wonder what's up with that. If they don't consider – well, in my opinion, if they don't consider the sat, if they don't consider the um, the Dreamcast retro enough, why is PlayStation on the list? Right, and that's, that's what point. I thought too when I saw the PlayStation. I mean, I think it Dream might Cast also be after, an allowance. It could be, and it could be the design too, or maybe the the emul whatever they're using for emulation. You know, and I don't mind. You know, some people are kind of put off that it's an emulate emulation device, and which most of these systems are, you know, software emulation, and that's fine. You know, as long as the emulation's good and it works well. Even with Dreamcast and some of these other ones, like original Xbox, yeah, they're missing from them. But like I said, Dreamcast and even especially a Dreamcast is is actually pretty cheap to buy. Um, and the original Xboxes, I don't think are that expensive either. So you could get one of those if that's really what you wanted to play. For right. me, I'm looking for the more older stuff, especially like the Turbo Graphics and the Sega CD and the Saturn too, you know, and the 32X and all that stuff, and being able to play those on uh, an emulation system. I mean, you know, hopefully if this works like they say it works um, when this comes out, which I think it's coming out, I think it's coming out pretty soon, which you can pre-order from Walmart. Yeah, uh, so say the, November 16th. Yeah. 
So perfect timing, right around the new console releases. <laughs> my my only concern too is, you know, especially if you want to do the cart game, cart based games, is you know, you're gonna have, to, and if they really are eighty dollars per cart, that's a little hard to swallow per per module. So I'm assuming I have to buy an eighty dollar module to play NES carts, and then one mm-hmm. for Super Nintendo because they're all different. They're different. Uh, modular designs and they take cartridges differently and then you know if i want to do the nintendo 64 and, and all this stuff you know the, the carts um so that's my biggest concern is it sounds like an awesome thing i would have to i would want to see it and put my hands on it to see what the what the uh emulation looks like because i've seen some pretty bad emulations um that are software driven so you know obviously uh if it if it does all that it says it does and plays it well, I think it would be worth $400. The hardest part for me is the, you know, if I want to play cart-based games, I have to spend an extra 80 bucks. Per yeah, cart. I agree. Per, per cart, cart, right. Yeah, so, per yeah. cart style, yeah. I mean, it, it would, you know, that would be fine if, like you said, if maybe, maybe you just wanted to play Super Nintendo, so you bought the $80 cart, you know, the module set for that. You're like, okay, cool. But, you know, most people, it's not just going to be that one piece right they're gonna want nintendo and super nintendo and genesis and everything like that and 80 bucks a pop that's a lot of modules that you're gonna have to buy for this thing just to play all those different uh cart based right systems on here but yeah i agree i would like to see it i would like to see for myself play it myself you know if i if i played it and if i found it somewhere and was able to play on it and able to switch games out CD-based games and some of the cart-based games and just, you know, if they have like a test system set up somewhere that you could play it and check it out, um, and if it worked awesome, then definitely yeah. be worth picking up. Yeah. Go back to some of the old nostalgias, you know, some Sonic and, you know, and some of the other stuff. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely am interested to check it out. Um, I just, I just want to see, are they really going to say that I need to spend any dollars for each different cart, or am I going to be able to buy a package deal for like 80 to play Nintendo-based carts, and it gives me the, the NES, Super NES, and the, you know, the, the uh, Nintendo 64 carts. Something like that might be worth it, because, I mean, what, I mean, we picked up, I, you got me the Nintendo 64 for like, what was it, 35 bucks or something, 30 or 40 bucks or something like that? Right. You know, they're inexpensive, and so I really – my only problem with spending that for an old system is that then I have to turn around, and, and if I want them to look halfway decent on a TV, I need to spend $200 on an analog uh, controller for them. Right, exactly. And for this Polymega, you know, yeah, I mean, some not all the retro consoles are cheap, right? I mean, Turbo Graphics is like $200 mm-hmm. or something like that. It's like, it's, you know, $200 or $300 is expensive. You so know, I think it's Saturn. Yeah, Sega CD, Sega Saturns, they're expensive too. You know, not like you can't find them, because you can. Um, we've found all three of those oh, consoles. Yeah. They're just pricey. So having something like that that can play all that would be awesome. Plus, if the light gun actually works. Oh, that's the yeah. only thing that makes me really want it. Is the who, wants to, who wants to play some Duck Hunt and have the second controller? <laughs> oh, God. I want to play Time Crisis. That's what I want to play. Yep. 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 Yeah, yeah definitely. Opinion. All right. Well, that definitely sounds pretty freaking cool. We just have to wait and see if it even survives coming out, coming out when it's supposed to against uh, the two big beasts. I don't think you're going to hear anything about that unless you're uh, unless you're a retro gamer looking for it. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of a crappy time to be releasing your console, especially around you know probably right in the smack in the middle or at the tail end of of both the Xbox and PlayStation 5 coming out. 
Um, yeah. You're going to get a bunch of retro people probably going out and buying it, especially ones that are interested in a, a new Xbox or a PlayStation, but everyone else is not going to do yep. that. No, uh, no, comp, no game bundle with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. Well, that was really interesting, and uh, I'm glad you brought up those last two because I had really no idea about the very last one. And I'm glad you brought it up because that's the kind of thing I really am interested in, but I really want the light gun. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I follow a lot of those. I play a lot of retro, so I follow a lot of those emulation and retro consoles and various things like that coming out and the ones that have tried to. And, you know, there's been ones that have tried to come out or say they're going to and they promise all these things and it just dies. Right. Yep. Um, all right, guys. Do you have anything else to add? Nope. I want the light gun. Come on, come on. Give me, give me. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I hope they do have some sort of like I, I'm sure they won't, but it would be awesome to see like some sort of demo kiosk for that Polymega just to try it out and with the yeah. light. It looks like the light gun was a Kickstarter team too because I just found the company that designed it, Sight and Light Gun, and they had a Kickstarter to. They're the ones that developed the technology they're using, so um, you know they're the ones that. So it looks like this Polymega is just you know bundling their tech with another group, uh, sending light gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, they have their own website, it looks like. I had, to, I had to see the details of that. But they're not – obviously, I'm sure they don't want to leak the details of how this works. Um, I imagine they're probably waiting for maybe even some patent, some patents or something to come through because their details on how this works is pretty scarce. And, and they've got screens of uh, screenshots of people playing this game on their couch, shooting, playing Duck Hunt on a, <laughs> on a uh, LED TV. So, you know. You know, it says this means you can play it with Duck Hunt, Time Crisis, Virtual Cop, House of the Dead, Point Blank, Terminator 2, the Star Wars trilogy, the Jurassic Parks, all that stuff. They just list all these old school games that I remember playing the gun with, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I really want to see this. So the light gun has me has me very my interest very peaked in this. So I would like to see how the technology works and try it out for myself. And if you know, if something like this, if this technology does work like it's supposed or like they say it does it would be cool to see those types of games come back right like xbox Mm -hmm. and playstation say hey we got a light gun now and now we got places making you know we got namco coming out with time crisis whatever number they're at you (laughs) know before yeah whatever yeah they got a new house of the dead and all you know, just brand new Ligon games. Cause I miss Ligon games. Those yeah. So oh, fun. absolutely. That used to be my favorite thing in the arcades is to go to play the two-player light gun games. You know, in the arcade. So yep. if they can do something like that, what was the Area 51 and all that stuff? You know, Area yeah. 51. Yeah. yeah. Aerosmith had a Reve- great yeah. game. Reve- yeah. Revelation X. Yep. Yeah. Revolution X. Yeah. Yeah, Revolution. yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. You just fire CDs and everything. So you know, to have your friends <laughs> over and. And play like those two player, or maybe even get more where you can play four player uh, light gun games on your TV. That would be that would be fun. I'd definitely be mm-hmm. be game for that. You know, not you know we don't we don't get together too much to play couch co op. I mean, really, anytime that we play anything like that, it's something stupid like pinball madness or the pinball game <laughs> or whatever. You know, we don't actually play co op games or couch co op. We play past the controller. That's all right. As long as you're gaming and having fun. Nick, you got anything else you want to add? Nope. Any other they, surprise consoles yeah, you want yeah. to bring up? Did you find something that we all want to play and you're holding out on us? Uh, yeah, no, not at the moment. Just been playing the you know the, the, the same things we've all been playing right now. I haven't found any surprise games yet. So. No uh-huh. more hidden gem consoles. 
<laughs> Not right now. All right, guys. Anything else we want to talk about this evening? Yep, right. that'd be all. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. On behalf of Nick and Pat, we'll talk to you all next week.